0: Hey everyone, welcome to another Turn Under podcast. Off to a flyer. Um, <laughs> the, the Southern Hemisphere's uh original and best Newcastle United podcast. I am joined by Craig and Sonny Mackay. How are you, Craig? AKA Slimit Craigie. He's asleep. You there, Craig? Take yourself off mute, mate. It sort of helps. Oh, yeah, it helps you with can tell. everyone watching. You can
1: tell it's been a week and a half since we last did one, can't you? <laughs> completely gone <laughs> completely <gauntlet> to shit already. <laughs>
0: yeah, all oh, Lee, Lee, right, like a... I'll come to you, Lee, in yeah, right. soggy Brisbane. How are you? Man? Yeah, it actually has
1: been bloody boiling all week, mate. It's uh 35 on Friday or something, and then uh, and yesterday it was really hot as well, and then today. And uh, we had a bit of a downpour that do, it does happen over here in Queensland. Like, you know, you have the hot weather and then you get the, the nice, um, relieving uh, rainstorm and a bit of thunder and lightning, what have you. It's, um, I mean, it's not like England where it pisses down every single day. Like, you know, it, when you get rain over here, it's like, oh, thank, thank Christ, there's a bit of rain to kind of relieve the temperatures a bit, you know. Um, but otherwise, I'm all right. Oh, it's been a while since I was last on, actually. Um, I can say it's going well, as I said, <laughs> it's going, it's going tremendous. I, I say I haven't missed much. Um, Fly. I did knock out. I was saying to you before I came on here. I was getting ready to come on and I battered over my beer and it went all la with a desk and all of my Apple Watch and bloody charger and shit. So this place is gonna smell like a piss head's underpants brewery. by uh, by tomorrow, you know. Uh have we got Craig back yet?
0: Uh, no. no, we You're haven't. on mute, Craig. Um <laughs> do, did you um Oh god did you was that a tactical spill because you, you're falling no, a bit man. behind? So you just, it's not just a, thing just, it's a tactical uh, spill, man. That's, you know, that's just waste of money. No,
1: that's bullshit.
0: in in uh inverted commas and knocked it over. No, no oh, no, sorry, no, no. sorry, sorry, oops, oopsie. No, 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 um, it was uh,
1: it was pure accident, man.
0: Yeah, well, I, I can uh, what's the word? I can relate to your Brisbane experience. It used to when we lived up there, um. Bucketing down, and then like well, half an hour later, sunshine out, everything's dry, and you'd swear nothing had even happened if you hadn't have seen it. Is that happening down eyes? there in, you...
1: in Geelong though? Because uh, it's usually bloody freezing down yeah. there, isn't it?
0: <clears throat> no, no, no. It does. It does happen. It, it sort of rains and stuff, and then the sun comes out like two or three weeks later. So <laughs> it's um, yeah, it's, right. it's really good. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just in time to get rid of the black mould. Uh, Craig, yeah. are you going to sort your <laughs> yeah. mic up, man? Rico's already in there with the early early stubs. Yeah. Oh, here, yeah, man. What a numpty. I can't, we're, no. we're not my martyrs.
2: Yeah. I
0: can't understand the word you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> Put your hands up in front of your not face. Lip readers. Is he wearing lipstick again? We can say what we like now because he, he's not going to. Oh, about that? no cover. Hey! Oh,
2: here we
0: go. Oh, it's like,
3: better on, on mute. The joys of live TV streaming, whatever you want to call it. But we are back as a threesome.
0: Giggity. Yeah. Craig, how are you in the car now that? you've actually put yourself off and mute.
3: <laughs> I'm good, mate. It's been a bit of a <laughs> long day, bit of a weird weekend. Weather's been a bit strange, pissing down one minute, hot the next. And generally a bit shattered. But you know, such is life. Uh, but looking forward to this one. It should be a good one. Should be. Are you just going to keep that haircut yeah. forever now? It was meant to come off through the week if I had yeah. any time uh, to get it done, but I just didn't. So, you know... Uh, I'll keep it for yeah. as long as I can be bothered to uh keep it going. But then I got into a barber's and others get it all shaved off and I'm back to the barber shop boiled egg joke that we done way back probably a year ago now. No, for uh, anyone that cool. was watching back then.
1: And I've just started this job, but you've been off the you've been off more times than you've been actually in the place since you yeah, started. Yeah,
0: <laughs> plenty of time to do it. Plenty of time. closet it's <laughs> slim shady. Yeah, no. I think yeah, Closet's I definitely slim, think you too. should go back to the barber, mate. To, to get it redone, oh. not to get it shaved off. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll uh, we'll we'll move along. Go, Go to the uh, yeah. We'll start off. We'll start off with a few uh, couple of Newcastle tidbits, I guess, just to tick off. Um, then we'll speak a bit about the World Cup, and then we'll open the floor up. We've got a few uh, questions that have been submitted uh, from from some of our uh, viewers on. Twitter and some members on YouTube and stuff as well. So we'll get through them and um, we'll answer them as best we can. But probably the main thing that's happened sort of broke overnight uh, or last night, our time was um, good friend of the pod Fabrizio Romano's broken the news that uh, Paul Midgley will be joining the club as basically the head of youth recruitment. Um, Paul had joined Man City uh, just in the summer actually uh, from Leeds, where he was sort of working as a national uh, academy manager. Basically, he was basically working from uh, kids from uh, 12 to 16, and he moved to Man City in the summer um, to, to sort of be a regional scout for the for the north, I guess, for Man City. But he's been poached from uh, from Man City to Newcastle, and he'll head up the uh, development. What do you uh, what did you think of that, Craig, when you first heard the news?
3: It's just getting everything else in line, isn't it? It's just more ducks in a row yeah. type thing. And that back room now is going to be absolutely chock full of people that we didn't even know existed uh, this time 12 months ago. Uh, you know, our back room yeah. staff consisted of pretty much Steve, Bruce, and every other Steve that worked in football. Um, and <laughs> that is pretty much about the size of it. Uh, we had no uh, youth academy in terms of scouting development, not that I'm aware of anyway. Um, yeah, it's another step forward It's another step in the right direction and it can only be a positive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's interesting. You had to, when you put your um resume in, if it didn't start with Steve, you weren't getting a job here. So <laughs> it's good to branch out the names to other people. Lee, what did you, what did you make of it when, when you sort of well, first heard about it as well?
1: Yeah, yeah, it just came out of the blue, didn't it? Uh, there's a lot of this business going on behind the doors, plan closed doors that we uh, and most other people won't be even slightly aware of. You know, there's there's very little that gets leaked out of this club these days, which is you know the way it should be anyway. Um, so you, you get these announcements coming out of the blue, and um, you kind of you know we're all involved in, and absor- absorbed by the World Cup, but you know the the business is going on. It's still going on behind the scenes. You know, there's still things happening for Newcastle. It's not all about the um, the World Cup for for um, Amanda and the team back there in, in the town. Um, I don't know anything about the, the bloke. To be honest with you, it's interesting to say that he's just signed from uh, City when he's he's only he's only been there for a short while because that's not the first time there's been a a guy who's moved to a particular job and then we've came in and took them straight out of that job into into Newcastle's world. You know, there was the the last guy I can't remember if off was. He was either F1 or something. Was it Steve Nixon or I don't know? Christ, I, I'm useless with names. as Everyone knows. Um, but there was a, there was a fella that just we say Steve. I'm not even sure. I, mean, I mean, yeah, probably Steve, like all the other <laughs> Steves. I'm not. I'm not sure whether that, yeah. that was him or some other fella. But there was definitely a bloke who had just started a job in another um, sporting industry, and uh, we rocked up and went, "Yarrit, yeah, fancy a job in Newcastle?" And they were like, "Yeah, any bother." And we were like, there you go. There's tons of cash, probably.
0: And they were like, champion. And then the uh, <laughs> next thing you know, it's
1: getting announced, and that's the first thing you hear about it. You know, it's brilliant.
0: Love it. Yeah, yeah. It's the same. All the same as. Um, oh, I think Dan Ashworth wasn't quite that sort of got broken a bit before it happened, but no, we knew that. It was more because yeah. it couldn't happen. Yeah, it couldn't happen because of his contract and the gardening leave and and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I think it's a great signing. It's it's not. And the beauty of it is, we aren't actually tipping people out of a job. These are positions that have never been filled, so they're all they're, they're all open roles. and Like, that. So it's actually we've said this. Well, I can't remember how many times we've said this over the last um, twelve months. But it's actually a football club acting like a football club, which is something what we aren't used to and haven't been used to for. <laughs> for the last 14 years. So it's great to see. And I think, yeah, I think even before the takeover happened, uh, when it was meant to happen but it didn't actually happen, I remember reading and sort of listening to a few things and a lot of of the comments were about the youth and the academy and and actually putting some time and money and, and effort into the academy because, I mean, the resources that we should have had weren't existent But the catchment area can be so big, like there's so many talented kids that could be in and around sort of Newcastle, even to the sort of south of Scotland as well, that we can tap into and and get a hold. We never had anything in place to actually try and get them. And you'd always read reports of the bigger clubs sniffing around sort of the good Geordie youngsters and, and picking them off. So it's actually going to be really, really good. I think now we can we can try and catch them all and keep them in the area, and start sort of developing, which is yeah something we haven't done. That's the
1: idea. That's the idea. I mean, if there's there's been plenty of occasions back in the past there where some of our talents were let go, either you know well before they kind of got to the point where they were looking good, or you know shortly after they joined the club and we just kind of released them. Maybe someone came in with a million quid and we're like, yeah, fair enough, we'll have that money. But that, those days are long gone behind us now and you know but these kinds of signings hopefully it means our youth teams um improve a lot i mean the under 21s aren't doing great um i'm not even sure what the 18s are doing under 23s are probably the same as well so you need to have the people in place the professionals in place to really make these things uh as good as they possibly can be and as you say keeks we've we've been treading water man for we've been bloody drowning never mind treading water we've been drowning for far too long the fuck it was here beforehand and it's, no, you know, I don't all, think we weren't even in the border. <laughs> we're basically, you know, we're basically just catching up at the minute, man. Like, we're, we're not anywhere yet. We're, we are just simply, trying yeah, to catch yeah, up yeah. Where we should have been probably four five or six, seven years ago, you know, it's it's an absolute oh. bloody mess what was left for us here. Um, so good on yeah. the good on the owners for um sticking to uh to the game plan to uh to improve the club from the inside out, from bottom to top. Um, it can only be a good thing, man.
0: Absolutely, yeah, god I um. Yeah, because I remember even I think just after the takeover, Alan um, Shearer had mentioned like the, I guess, the frugal, the frugal nature of a previous owner not wanting to spend any money. And really? the most obvious thing was spend it in the academy, and then you don't have to spend money on buying, actually. And yeah, that's how you save your money. It was that obvious. Well,
1: <clears throat> He's meant to be a he bloody business genius, man. He was he was tighter than a duck's ass. He didn't have a clue what he was doing. He had Penfold in charge. He was also clueless. He had <laughs> the wrong people in the wrong positions making all the wrong decisions. And, the, you know, it was just a freaking, you know, bloody bonfire at the end of the day, man. It was just a fucking mess. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for such a astute businessman, he had absolutely no idea how to develop the business of Newcastle United.
3: And you've just got to look at uh, Lee on nah. for that. You've yeah. got to imagine that Lee Clarkson oh, yeah. is a massive Newcastle fan, just purely yeah. off association, and he goes to Liverpool's academy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll probably
1: be a star as well because their academy is great. You know, if he had a, yeah, even I... if you had a came to our academy, you probably would have turned to dog shit in about five minutes anyway. <laughs> you know, um, but in a year's time, that'll be completely different. And you can imagine Lee Clark would be thinking, "Fuck, you know, I would rather have be been at Newcastle." He's a Geordie, obviously right. through and through. But if someone like Liverpool comes along and says, You know, they're a bunch of knackers, these lot. Man, we'll give you a proper education. As a a professional, ex-professional himself, he's not going to say to his Ben, nah, 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 hang around in case fuckwits United over here. Decide to get the shit together and give you like a
3: piss-poor contract and, you know, destroy your prospects. Nobody's going to ever do that. Just like Rico said, Lewis Gibson, who was at Everton now, he was another one. We actually went to a tribunal with him uh, to get some compensation Mm. back, I think. Uh, He's another one. Ridiculous. Absolutely.
1: These situations should never happen.
3: Honestly, they yeah. should never
1: happen. Never happen. And hopefully going forward, they're not going to happen. I mean, as much. They're bound to happen at some point or other. At some point, there'll be like we'll have too many people and we'll kind of bring them in. Or um, you know, you'll have some fucking dick in charge and he's making the wrong decisions, and you have to get him out. It's gonna happen because that's just the way the world works. Um, but in the meantime, hopefully we'll be able yeah. to hoover up as you say, The catchment area is massive, man. And I was reading on the the Macam forum a few weeks ago because I like a bit of a laugh. And it's always funny to read some of the comments on the forum. I mean, anybody who watches these shows knows that I always kind of like do a little spy on other people's forums just to kind of get an idea as to what others are saying about us, you know, and um, particularly after we've won, which is hilarious. Um, But there was a few people saying like, you know, um, people that they know, Macams that they know are starting to support Newcastle. And that's the point when you start having success in an area like the Northeast where there's only two real main competitors, if you ignore Middlesbrough who are North Yorkshire, anyway, you ignore them. Uh, you've got Newcastle, you've got, um, the Mackhams and that's it really for, for a large swathe of that land and that catchment area. If you, once you're successful, then Newcastle are bound to be, and already are starting to look like they're going to be, you start hoovering up into areas that you really have no right to, you know? So the, the, it mm. we're only going to get bigger and we're only going to get better. And it's, um, and that's where the talent's going to come from. You are going to get Maccams, young Maccams who are saying like, you know, I'll, I'll play for the Black and Whites. Bloody right! I will. They're a fantastic club. They've just won the yeah. Premier League. Why wouldn't they? You know, for the fourth time. For the fourth yeah, time,
0: like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <In a row. laughs> I'd, I'd imagine that sort of the look, la- like, apart from the last twelve months, but before that, you'd have like you guys could probably you would have seen it yourself. Like there'd be that many kids walking around sort of the northeast in Liverpool shirts and, and Man City shirts and Barcelona yep. shirts, Real Madrid shirts and all this sort of stuff because there was nothing like, like well, shit, there was, there was nothing to engage, engage the kids and actually make them want to support the club. Now we're good and all these kids are going to be, and I think from what I hear and what, sort of my family as well, all these kids are back wearing Newcastle shirts and people have never seen so many kids wearing Newcastle gear as what they are now. So if they get involved in the game again and they're that little eight-year-old Geordie kid who wants to play at St James's Park, Mm -hmm. like there's going to be that many more kids who are playing and then the more kids you've got in the area, then the more chances you've got to get good ones. And, you know, the flow-on effect, like like we're third, just in case anyone's forgot, but we're third in the Premier League. But the, the knock on effect is all the way down to little Jimmy, who's six years old, who runs around in his Bruno shirt, pretending to be Bruno in the backyard or in the park, in the street that wasn't going to be playing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's all this stuff that yeah, can only be positive. now we've actually got this stuff in place. Like, it's only going to be better and better and better.
1: Exactly, exactly right, and this is you know Rico was sort of saying there in the comments, said that like you, you used to hear a lot of kids going off to the Macnam Academy because they had a good academy. Um was was absolute turd, mm. like you know, it was like one of those white turds that you yeah. get out of Those weird dogs. you, know, yeah, there you go. That's that's how the turd mm. on Newcastle United's training facilities. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the, as a <laughs> fan of the podcast, Mark says, you know, we need to improve those facilities, and obviously we're already making strides in that area. Huge strides. There's lots of conversations and talk about them looking for areas to build brand new. Training centres. Um, I mean, land's obviously at a premium. Premium around the centre of Newcastle, but you know, you uh, you build world class facilities, you'll get world class talent eventually, sooner or later. um Obviously, as long as you've got the world class talent mm. to train them in the first place, and that's this new appointment is is a step in that direction. Brilliant, man. Honestly, it's it's yeah. You know, like a year and a half yeah. ago, this this would be you know you, you dreamland. You just can't. Oh. Um, it, it the, the when yeah. that season ended last season. Um, you know, it was, it was it was it was shit, and and um, not last season, but the season before, and um, you, you just couldn't imagine it being the way uh, so well run, seemingly from the outside looking in, as we are right now. It's just fantastic, mm. and I can't—I don't know about anybody else, like, but I just cannot wait to see where this takes us. I really can't. Like for once, I'm really, really, really excited about what's the what's in store for Newcastle. Mm.
0: Be fun. I don't know about you, Craig, but I've had that. Yeah, go on.
3: No, nah, it's going to be fun. I'm going to be uh, glad to be part of the journey. And uh, We were there from the very beginning, right up to how it goes right at the end. And it's going to be exciting. It's, uh, a lot of it's ups and downs like every other journey has, but I guarantee you there'll be more ups and downs compared to the previous 14 years, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, that, I was just going to say, like, oh, I was worried, like, three years ago, I didn't I didn't know where this journey was going to take us, but I knew it wasn't going to be a good one. Now I've got the same feeling. I don't know where it's going to take us, but it's a good, it's a good feeling, not a shit one. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, yeah, like they're all just setting all their ducks up now. And just like I said earlier, a Premier League club actually acting like a Premier League club is really, really nice to see. Um, All right, we'll move on to the world cup just to touch on a few of the Newcastle, uh, Involvements, I guess, in the World Cup. Uh, we'll start Let's off with uh, England. Yeah, <laughs> England. I <laughs> uh, think first game was a six-two win over the mighty Iran. Um, our stand-in match day captain played the full ninety minutes. Um, our super striker come on for the last probably fifteen and set up. Uh, was it Grealish for the last Top goal? I think it was. Yeah, the turn Yeah. <laughs> which was which was which was interesting because I don't think he would have done that if he had a black and white shirt on but anyway good on him he's got involved in the game. Um, and then uh, well a couple of days ago they played the mighty USA and play uh, Kieran played the full 90 minutes uh, Wilson wasn't involved either which probably would have made you really happy Lee.
1: yep, absolutely. Keep
0: it up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think uh, Nick Pope's just gonna be there to work on his tan, I reckon. So that's another positive for us. They're he's gonna be, uh, be, be, do- <laughs> be darker, than not He's It's gonna be dark, gonna be darker than Tingle by the time he gets back. Yeah, the <laughs> they're gonna have a mad dog off when he gets back, or right? if he goes straight to Saudi as well. God, I'd like that Spider Man, Spider-Man, uh, Spoke about me and with we'll just be like, oh. <laughs> pointing at each other. <laughs> um. So that was, I think, that's all the sort of England involvement. Um. Craig, did you watch the England games?
3: Uh, I watched the majority of. Uh, I didn't see Wilson's setup, unfortunately. Um, but I did see it on a replay, and uh, just like what Al Sibley was saying there, most of the talk was from the assist rather than the goal, um, uh, which is good to see. Uh, game because. Wilson, although I do want to see Newcastle players uh, getting represented on the biggest stage in world football, I'm also in the same uh, boat as league here. I don't want to see them being overplayed, getting injured. As there was that uh, rumour that came out on the BBC that both Harry Kane and Wilson were a doubt for the USA game. Thankfully, uh, they were both uh, good to go. And Wilson is apparently suffering from the same thing that Miggy has right now, which is muscle fatigue. So, just literally send him home, put him on the plane. We'll put him in cotton wool, and we'll get him ready for uh, the game against um, Bournemouth in the League Cup. Because I do not want to see him miss any long uh, time of uh, matches. He's already missed too much for us.
1: Yeah. Good thing about um, Wilson though is that we uh, we should have uh, Big Dog Isaac coming back. The the talks oh, yeah, always been that he's going to come back. Yeah, just after the World Cup. So. I don't know if we ever. I'm I'm starting to think it's a Superman situation where they don't actually exist in the same place at the same time. (laughs) You know (laughs) what I mean? It's like, all right, one minute is Wilson, the next minute is Isaac, and then you know, swap over, and you know, the two together will never be seen. Um, Which one's Clark Kent? Yeah, well, well, I don't know. Uh, Let me think. Who's Clark Kent? Uh, Don't know. It's a tricky one, that isn't it? Um, (laughs) But uh, you know, if you're going to have Wilson out, then you have to have Isaac back. Otherwise, we are utterly boned. up front, yeah. absolutely boned. Um, I don't yeah. think any, anybody wants to, to start with Chris Wood. And then um, uh, as, as good as he's been, he's, his, his role isn't to be that kind of lead striker. Um, but coming back to the England game, uh, Trippier, in that first game against Iran, I thought he was absolutely terrific. Um, he he looked like he was playing out of his skin uh, and not just the playing of it, but the the, the, the team management side of it as well. Like he was, he was essentially the captain on that on of that team for for large parts of what I saw of that game. He was dictating, he was telling uh, people where to stand, where to go, when to come, when to when to go. And he was he was just absolutely brilliant, um, overlapping a lot. You know, he did a lot of he did a few passes forward that didn't quite come off. And I, I suspect that's got a lot to do with the uh, the fact that he's so used to having little whippet, um, Miggy up front in front of him. Uh, you know, able to to latch on to the end of those balls and. Uh, you know he's, he hasn't trained that that long with England teams, so he's probably he had to readjust a little bit. Maybe um, I didn't see a lot of the USA game, unfortunately, but I have heard that his defensive abilities weren't that great in that game. Um, and that's one of the things about Trippy. You know, he's more of a for me. He's, he's more of a wingback than a fullback, isn't he? He spends most of his time up the pitch, and, then, and when when you get caught out of position, he's kind of he's left to sort of chase the ball down. And sometimes he does great, and sometimes he needs the likes of Botman to to come across and, and or burn just even to um on. to help out at the back you know mm. um because he does have that tendency to just fly up forward um but i think uh at least for the Iran game he was and it was it was only Iran but they beat Wills so you know but uh, at least for that game I thought he was absolutely brilliant. I really do. And and Wilson um that it's funny the talk was I heard people complaining that he was he wasn't selfish enough to uh to take on that shot. What do you what do you reckon on that then? Because I can understand the point of view. You always expect your strikers to be selfish, to take a shot whenever they get within a sniff of goal. Um, but he he made a goal there. He made it six two. He made it a lot more um, noteworthy as far as the headlines concerned. Played his part. Uh, got an assist, obviously. Um, I think that, I, I don't have any problem with that. But why? What do you what do you guys reckon? Like, do you think it's do you think he should have been more selfish and just lashed at it and potentially missed and Everyone would be like, oh, well, fair enough, you know, 5-2, whatever. Well,
3: I remember there was an interview nah. with uh, Teddy Sheridan ages and ages ago. I remember the fourth goal in Euro 96 against Holland, where Sheridan could have crossed Rashir and he whacked <laughs> it into the top corner. Uh, this I has don't been gnawing at
1: you all your life, hasn't it? This has been just in the back of your head. <laughs> well, the, the, the
3: yeah. to I know, I can Sheridan, bring this up now. He's pretty much, he, he's through on goal. He's just got to take a shot, but he's in the back of his mind. He couldn't see himself scoring. So, unselfishly, he squares it to Shira, and Shearer finishes it. And to me, that's just clever thinking. If you are not 100% sure you can put the ball in the back of the net and you've got somebody else with a better opportunity, you give it to them all day long. A, shows you're a team player. And B, you've got a, a forward thinking brain, and which is always switched on one step ahead of everybody else. And I'm all for that, to be honest. <clears throat>
1: I was even reading yeah. the headlines afterwards. Whether saying Kane was too selfish, I was like, "Fucking hell! What do you want? Like, do you want do you want people to be selfish? Not selfish? There's no middle ground, is there? Like part no. selfish, part not selfish? I'll take no. one shot and I'll give you know, like one for one for the cooking yeah. and one for the chef and one for the food. Whatever, I don't know. Weird. <laughs> yeah. What do you think now, Keeks?
0: No, I I I think it's great. Well, like, if if you've got players in that team buying into a team goal rather than an individual goal then I think, look, you're halfway there already. If you've got players buying into what the team want to do and rather than selfishly what they want to do for themselves, I, I think you're you more than halfway there. If you can get everyone on the same page for the greater good and and not just not just in this game, like in any, any sport or, or work or whatever it is, if you can get everyone sort of working together the common goal rather than an individual goal, then you'll succeed a lot more than... Uh, a selfish sort of individual player would, I reckon. And I reckon in in a place, especially like what we've got now at Newcastle, they'd be weeded out pretty quickly. And I, d- I don't even think they'd, if they're looking to buy him, I don't even think they'd look at buying a player like that now.
1: I was just about to say, do you think uh, his lack of selfishness was um, a consequence of, of how Newcastle are training with the the team ethic the photographs after each game you know there's a huge camaraderie that all the players all the players are talking about you know um yeah they're all having the time of their lives by and large um do you think do you think that's part and parcel of how that training's gone that he's like thinking I'm I'm, I'm doing it for the team here rather than I'm just going to strike a goal and look for the headlines myself
0: yeah and i reckon if you are Gareth Southgate, i think he'd look more favourably on Callum Wilson for his team play yeah. rather than I think so, him trying you? to take it all for himself. So it's only gonna it's only gonna benefit him, hopefully, well, hopefully for him, but not for you, later on in the tournament <laughs> where he might get that opportunity because he's showing that he can, you know, be a team player and, and stuff like that. So um, and that, that's oh actually we had our own big Garansky come on for a little 15-minute yeah. cameo against uh, the world champions. Uh, for those of you who have been living under a rock, the mighty roos <laughs> scored first against France. A great goal by uh, the local guy Craig Goodwin from uh, Adelaide United or Inbred United, whatever one you want to call them. But um, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, he took it well and, you know, we thought – it's coming home I call it it's come but I thought <laughs> just the, the, the soccer roos fell asleep four times and unfortunately let him back in but he took the shackles off and give give grand his his first world Cup minutes I think he was the second youngest player in or maybe not not he was definitely in the top 10 of youngest players in World Cup history yeah. to make the ninth no, it was yeah to make the pitch maybe it was a Second youngest Australian, it might have been, but anyway, yeah, it was great to see him on. You watched that, didn't you, Lee? No, nah. did you watch the end of that uh, game? I caught, uh, I mean, yes. I, game? i got uh, I've got the port game?
1: yeah, yeah, I, I caught I so, a part of it towards yeah. the end, yeah. Um, I didn't see the first goal or ending. Um, these this five oh, it was a five yeah. o'clock kickoff, wasn't it? Was it was it one of the early oh, kick-offs, six
0: o'clock, six o'clock, six o'clock six for normal o'clock people, for, yeah, five
1: o'clock, Nancy time like you, yeah, no, five o'clock for normal people like us, um. Uh, there's no way I'm getting up at five o'clock. think stuff that. Um, that's why I didn't watch the USA and new- uh, England game either because I was like, I'm not getting up at five o'clock, man. Fuck off. Um, but I did see the uh, second half, and um, the thing about it is, all the qual didn't come on until about the last fifteen minutes plus, you know, forty-five minutes extra time, <laughs> wherever it was. Um,
0: yeah. So he played. He and that, played the third half. Yeah,
1: exactly. And he didn't. He didn't have a lot in that game to do. He didn't. He didn't receive the ball very much. But what was interesting was that he was actually making a lot of really clever runs and he was finding himself in some really nice pockets of space. But he just, he was being largely ignored. Now I don't know if that's because his, the, the route for the pass was being blocked. I mean, France world champions, there are no mugs, you know, and, and maybe it's a, maybe it's a lack of skill in the roos. It didn't, just didn't think they could make that pass yeah. because the air league's a load of shit. Um, i don't know what it was but he 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 himself was finding himself in some really really clever positions and it would have been nice to have seen him um receive the ball in those areas and see what he could do with his pace and his finish because we've seen have those youtube clips yeah. where he he's lightning fast and he's got a hell of a finish on him when he's in the right positions mm. um and it's a shame he didn't get on against uh who did he just beat the other day uh, Chris, whoever, Tunisia, Who, uh, Tunisia, Tunisia
0: yeah. but we, were, we would have beaten anyone, so we didn't. Well, <laughs> we would have beaten
1: anyone. The, the, the Giants, Tunisia, yeah. Actually, I thought Goodwin <laughs> played a really good game in that one. Um, he was all over. The place, he was, so yeah, he was really good. Um, but uh unfortunately, Grant didn't get on, and um, it's a shame because I think you and I, Craig, were saying in our chat, weren't we, that the game was kind of, it was one nil, but it was sort of slightly tightly poised. You could sort of see it. It was back and forwards. It was very open lots mm-hmm. of space down the wings and I was in whether or not it would have been a right decision to make as a manager, Craig and I were sort of making the argument that it would, it would have been a perfect opportunity to bring in someone like uh qual mm. who, who likes to run down the channels and cut in behind the defense. Um Unfortunately, he didn't get on the pitch so we'll never know what he might've done, but um hopefully he, uh well, Australia need to, do you need to win the next one maybe? Or do you have to just draw the next one? Uh,
0: I think it depends if, if France can take care of, like you said, the, the might of Tunisia, um, oh, yeah. I think we if we draw with Denmark, we'll go through, which will be ridiculous. Like it's going to be a tough ridiculous. game, Denmark,
1: Denmark on. Oh, yeah, on, yeah, on, absolutely. On
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you never know. What I mean, mean, if we can beat Tunisia, we can beat anyone, if, can't we? It, it, well, absolutely.
1: <laughs> uh, it, and it sort of depends on how you look at it. You know, You could argue that if it's going to be Australia's last game, he might just say, well, I'll chuck on Kowal and I'll give him that little bit of experience before we go home, you know? Whereas if he yeah. progressed to the knockout stages, he might be more inclined not to play him because he's now thinking yeah. about just getting a win. And Kowal's 18. Like, he's he's young lad. He's, he hasn't started a game for the Mariners
0: as far as I'm aware. Um, no, he's never never started a professional game.
1: Right, so he he always comes on as a sub, but he's only young. And, um, you, you know, you're asking a lot of, a, of someone like that with very limited experience to... Come on to the, the biggest stage in world football and try and make an impact. But like I say, if Australia are already already looking down the barrel of the gun, uh Demark maybe's a pistol over you, why not bring him on? You know, so give him that little bit of experience yeah. because next world cup he'll be there and he probably will be starting, you know. So you want him to he'll have be, he'll be, that experience.
0: Yeah, I think he'd be one of the one of the main players, definitely, at the next world cup. Oh but mate, if in, if, 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 if has he'd be
1: yeah, if, if it goes as well as we hope at Newcastle, man, he, he's going to be absolutely belting them in. And he, he'll be he'll be first name on the bloody list, honestly, if, if it goes yeah. the way we hope it does.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Craig, you were sort of, I wouldn't say clamouring, but you were suggesting if you had the manager's tracksuit on, I'm assuming you'd be a tra- tracksuit sort of wearing, not a certain a certain tie <laughs> kind of guy. Yeah, girl. I look like a fat penguin. I,
3: I don't have to be honest. <laughs>
0: He might, he might be, a. if it's in Qatar, you might just be a, a polo shirt and trackies, trackies kind of manager. You you, were, sort uh, of, you, comes, were, you yeah. were calling for him to come on?
3: I was. Uh, like Lee said, the game was open and it just needed that little bit of spark, that little bit of brilliance, which we know he can produce. And there was half an hour to go, perfect timing, give him a few more minutes under his belt. And there wasn't many other people on that bench uh, I know Dimi was raging uh, when that other fella came, and I can't remember his name. No, he I'll started get you calling, oh,
0: uh,
3: he yeah, started I'll, calling I'll all his names under the sun and everything like that. And I'm you know, thinking, <laughs> why is he bringing this player on who looks like he's running in concrete whilst wearing lead wellies uh, when you've got Qual uh, on the bench, who he's got that burst of acceleration, which he can beat any man over the first 10, 15 yards. And then he, he's got his uh, dribbling skills to take past everyone else why not bring him on? He's young, he's fresh, he's got the energy and he's also got the hunger like we've seen when he's played for the Mariners and I didn't see anybody else or there was nobody else with any notable talent on that bench compared to him. So I would have brought him on and I still would even suggest starting him against Denmark because he's unknown, he's unpredictable and that's what footballers hate, especially defenders and the unpredictable and the unknown.
0: Yeah, yeah I, I, I just... I agree. Just for the, the record.
1: Bit, just for just the record. I wouldn't have brought him on with half an hour to go. Like I would have brought him on with 15 to 20 tops. No, no, 15, probably. No. Yeah, right. So
0: yeah, I Craig, you're right. Like the unpredictability and stuff for oppositions really, really hard. But unfortunately, it is for coaches as well. So I don't think I don't think he will start because of because of that reason. But the player um you and I oh, will be in. I was to an extent as well was Awima Beal who come on as that sort of replacement winger with probably five minutes to go. And I, Craig did mention it at the time and I was sort of against bringing him on purely because I think we needed more of a, uh, like more of a steady, reliable player on the wing, trying to just do the basics well and save the game. Very Very similar to, um, Maxi not coming on that last game against Chelsea when people thought he should have come on. It was the same sort of reasoning why I didn't think Garang should come on there. But then he brought on Mabil and he's got the touch of a baby elephant and work boots. And I'm like, well, if he's <laughs> going to bring him on, then he may as well. Like he may as well. He was have awful. Brought, he was like, awful. He was, he was stinking. And he, he kept drifting inside. And then his man would overlap. Like the winger would overlap and, create an overload on on that side and it was doing my head in but fortunately the mighty Swakaroos held firm and took the three points put them in the back pocket and I was gonna say bring him back to Australia but they just took him back to the hotel and (laughs) put him in the safe and and that was it so yeah that was that was pretty much it we've had I think Bruno was an unused sub for Brazil's first game as well which raised a few eyebrows that he definitely didn't get on. But once again, I'm, I think I'm with you I'd rather and not play at all. than after seeing what it's, happened with Neymar and it's frustrating his ankle injury isn't
1: it? as well. It's frustrating, though, cause you see him bringing on people like Fred and just to, to a lesser extent, I suppose, starting people like Paqueta and you watch them, yeah. and they don't do anything. It, it, they, just, they do nothing. And as much as I don't want our lads to play, cause I want them all to be wrapped in cotton wool and sort of protected. Cause we're on <laughs> such a flying run here. As much as that's the case, like you watch this turd coming on the, from the sidelines and you're thinking, Jesus Christ, man, you've got you've got Bruno sitting there who could, you know, destroy this midfield and, and really kind of turn it around for Brazil mm-hmm. a little bit here. And um, it only brings on people like Fred, who was absolutely sackless. Um, yeah. But like I said, at the same time, I'd rather Bruno doesn't play at all. So, you know, there's that.
0: Yeah. So we had that. And then we had uh, uh, Fabian Shah was also an unused sub for Switzerland's 1-0 Sorry. win against... Cameroon, I think it was a couple of days ago. Yep. So, quick question, lads. So, in that game with
3: Switzerland versus Cameroon, the the bloke who scored the winning goal was born in Cameroon but chose to represent Switzerland. What's your opinion on players celebrating against former clubs or other countries they could have represented? Do you think it's wrong in a sign of disrespect, or do you think it's a case of you just got to go go it crazy regardless of who it is against?
1: Fucking celebrate it, man. Christ almighty. There's enough There's enough mean. of this joy being taken out the fucking game as it is. VAR is responsible for a lot of that as well right now. And what they've done with this added extra time stuff at the end is boiling me bloody piss as well. Like, just, if you score a goal, I mean, all right, look, if you're Alan Shearer and uh, Newcastle have, because it's Souness, has decided to get rid of you and it was bloody close to happening as well. And then you go and play for another team, and in your next game or next few games, you're against Newcastle at St. James's Park. It'll be bloody killing them to celebrate that. And you probably wouldn't celebrate because you're so fucking annoyed and pissed off, right? That's one thing. But like in general, no, nah, mm-hmm. fuck it. Just just celebrate the damn thing. Enjoy mm-hmm. the bloody moment. You, those moments are few and far between for footballers. Enjoy them, for Christ's sake.
3: We're enjoying mm-hmm. it. You enjoy it. Exactly. Yeah, I and think you're always celebrated when you scored against Southampton and Blackburn. So you know, I'm all for it, me. I really am. Yeah. And you can't yeah, please everybody
1: all the time, man. You can't. There's too many dickheads out there. Doesn't matter what you do, they'll complain one way or another. So you cannot win. So you might as well do whatever's whatever you think is best for yourself.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I think, I, I, yeah, I reckon if it's horses for courses. So if you've had a long affiliation with a club, like if it was a a Shearer who'd left us at the end of his career and went somewhere else and scored against us, I think. Deep down, you still love the club because you've spent a lot of time there and you sort of want to show respect to the supporters and stuff like that. But if you've been there for – this is like less than 10 years and you don't – like you're only there for maybe three or four years and you've gone somewhere else and whatever, like I'd be going full out of by all, like length of the pitch, (laughs) in front of the opposition, like giving big ones. Who cares?
1: Yeah. That's what it's about though, isn't it? That's the whole bloody point of the game is to score goals, celebrate, you know, um part of it is to rile up the opposition fans. I mean, of course it is fucking enjoyable.
0: But at the same time, you you get your own fans up and about and you get your teammates up and about as well. Like I understand Balotelli's thing with not celebrating because that's what he's paid to do, but that's that was him everywhere. Like he never he never did it because he played against an opposition team. He just thought, well, I think he said the postman doesn't celebrate putting a letter in the letterbox because that's his job. So why would I celebrate scoring a goal because that's what I'm paid to do? So yeah, I yeah, well, I think if you haven't I mean, if you haven't got a, a strong affiliation or long long ties to a club, it's no different to any other team. Like go for it. Go your hardest. Yeah. That's what absolutely. I reckon
1: anyway. Do we reckon the uh, Fab Shaw's gonna get game time in this one then? Who's who's playing in, in front of him right now?
0: I had a look at their team. They've got about fifteen Fabians, so I'm not sure if it's in alphabetical <laughs> order or how they go about doing their doing their um their team lineups. But yeah, I'm I'm more than happy for him not to go. And then yeah, I to. hope every hope everyone except for Bruno gets knocked out in the group stages. They get a week off or so, and then they all go to Saudi together. And even if like Char might want to go straight from Qatar to to Saudi, he can organise a hotel, the uh, extracurricular activities while he's there, waiting for everyone to come over and then just be like the uh, the team organiser. So not playing, don't get hurt, organise the go-karts and the camel riding in the desert <laughs> and make everyone be happy. That's what I hope happens. But I hope um, fin- I hope financially that Bruno or France win. So yeah, All right. we'll move on. We've got some – Craig puts it – well, it's just for money, mate. It's for any French... – In the ice, nice man. it kick it before – nice little kick it before Christmas would be real nice. But anyway, back to uh, – we've got some uh, questions that we've asked our our members and and listeners and uh, Twitter followers if they've got anything they want sort of answered and and stuff like that. Send your, your questions through. So we've got a couple here. Uh, these are these. will start off with our members. Um, also, thanks to anyone who's signed up. And if, if you haven't and you'd like to sign up, it's, I think, 85 pence a month or $1.49 in Australia to join up as a member and you'll get uh, priority access for all your questions. And uh, we are working uh, a shop, so yet uh special. I'll, I'll get there um, eventually. Special things. You'll get some special treats uh, uh, in the shop as well once we launch that. So it is check them cups. it is yeah. If you like coffee, that's a liter. <laughs> Craig's got really big hands. That's a really big mug. So yeah, if you yeah. like a big liter of coffee, you can get one of them. But uh, we'll start off, we'll start off with uh, Ian. Ian Eckett. Uh, he wants to know how many Newcastle brands have you got through in one beer drinking session. Lee, you're drinking at the moment, so we'll let you
1: uh, first, yeah, um, I've actually just ordered a crate for Christmas as well. Um, I, th- I think uh, my record's not great with brown eels because they sort of send you a bit wobbly. Like, um, <laughs> I think I've done, I probably smashed about six. That's it. Probably smashed about six, and then, and then it started to go a bit sideways, and uh, and it's it gives you a and headache as well. So I think. I was it I was at one point when I was like you know that that thing you can do where you can somehow you, you can kind of open your throat a bit and you can just like let the booze go straight down. Not with right. the straws, everyone does it with the straws, like but I was I was dealing with the bottle I was just like and it was just going all the way down into my throat oh, and, and straight me like a straw straw pedos. Yeah I did that a few times in uh, in one sitting and uh God, I just felt like one of those like kegs of beer just sloshing around in the belly, like. And it honestly, it just, um, I, I just started again sideways that night. So I don't think I've ever done more than six bottles of the, the five hundred mil ones, the the proper big size ones. Jesus, these ones yeah. I've done from Dan Murphy's. They're only three hundred and thirty mil, which is a piss take. Craig,
2: yeah, what about six. you? Uh, Elite,
3: no Elite. more than two, Elite. to be honest.
1: I'm Ooh. not
3: actually a big fan of brown ale.
0: Uh I'm a big fan of beer, be. mate.
3: You drink pop. What are you on about? I didn't drink pop, but I did drink <laughs> pop, but I didn't drink a lot of pop. But um hang on.
0: Uh, that pop soft drink for all the Australian me. people.
3: But it, it's huh? I don't know, it's it just too heavy. It just sits there all neat And you walk around like you you've just swallowed liquid lead or whatever, you know. And plus like it, it does send you mad. And I'd rather not wake up outside um, a pub in a pool of new and juices uh, or I've had seven shares of shit kicked out of it because I've tried to take on the biggest bloke in the pub. Um, Madman's drink. Uh, that's what my father told us. And I've kind of stuck by that philosophy, you know. I'm only five foot two. I can't stand up to anyone. <laughs> so um, brown ale, maybe one or two, but no more than that.
1: Just means you're closer to the ground, That's all that
0: is. have <laughs> um I'm a... Shit, I've I've only had a couple of mouthfuls and it wasn't for me. So you don't, when you I've been over, there, I've normal. I've had a couple of mouthfuls and I didn't like it, so oh, I just stuck to the yeah. the Carling. I, I stuck me, to the know? Carling Fosters when I was over Shocking. there, Shocking. and I think Fosters. it was a fuck it hell. Once
1: <laughs> <a> <laughs> I had
0: it. to feel sort of, and I've never drank a Fosters here, and I drink them in another country. It's ridiculous. You live but in Melbourne um,
1: and all, the damn stuff
0: yeah apparently um yeah uh all right we'll no, move on to uh milk. Milk.
1: you need to do better than that Tom- that's shocking not having that no not having it oh, no, you I'm, have to do better than that
0: i'm comfortable i'm comfortable you're gonna
1: download a, download a bottle for christmas for santa oh i've and
0: been on yours. the naughty list i'm not getting anything for christmas off santa it's only one bottle man oh um,
1: anyway, anyway come on. Move on. <laughs>
0: Anyway, we'll go back to uh, Melk Thompson. He wants to know, if we beat Arsenal after the new year, would you consider us to be title contenders, Craig?
3: That is a very tough question. Uh, obviously, we've got some league games before the Arsenal game. We play, I think it's Leeds, then Leicester before we play Arsenal. And it's Leeds at home, Leicester away. And is Arsenal it Leicester first
0: or is it Leeds
1: first? Too. I think it's Leicester first, isn't it?
3: Let, whichever way. I it's, uh, Inaz, it's Leeds yeah. on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, I think it is for us. Yeah, I reckon um, it's
0: Bournemouth-Leicester-Leeds, Bournemouth Leicester I think, is the Aye. the three games. Um yeah. But Arsenal, they've
3: also got uh, West Ham at home and Brighton away before the playoffs. So they don't have an easy run either as well. And there might be some tired legs uh, from Qatar. I know they've got a few players over there. But if we do beat them, I don't think it'll put us as title contenders... But what it will do is throw the cat amongst the pigeons even more because we would have disrupted the, the status quo of the Premier League even more because it's more points taken off those in the Big Six. We haven't; we've only lost against once, one team in the Big Six, and we all know what happened there at Anfield with that fucking stupid um, VAR decision for Big Dog and That's, the yeah. added on time as well. Um, but yeah, I don't think it'll make it with title contenders, but it will stir the shit pot even further and make a lot more people in those other six teams very anxious, that's for sure.
1: Well I think it'll make us contenders. I think it'll have to just by definition. I mean they're already mm-hmm. top of the league. And um if what I would say is that we need to beat Leicester and we need to beat Leeds in order to go into that game with full confidence. But the fact is look we we've only been beaten by Liverpool we've we've drawn against City, drawn against Man United, um we beat Spurs, we beat Chelsea like It's only Arsenal left, and, and essentially we're f- absolutely fine with the top six. So if, you, if you're beating the top six, which is essentially the teams around us, um, and one of them is going to be the one at the top of the table probably come the time we play them, of course you're going to be contenders. Now, do we want to admit that? Probably not. And I'm pretty sure Eddie Howe will make absolutely certain that mm. his players don't think that as well because that will then bring in some uh some issues with mentality and, and you want to keep them constantly battling constantly fighting you don't want them to start thinking they're bigger than they are or that they've won something before they have um but i don't see how you can say that we're not contenders if we've only been beaten by liverpool out of the top six haven't beaten spurs chelsea and let's say arsenal and drawn against the other two i mean you have to be considered have to be
0: mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. we'll depend on other results, I reckon. Yeah. Um. All right. We'll move on to our next one from a uh, friend of the pod. Um, current Yeah. Uh, Watch along. Personality. <laughs> I think that's the right word. our uh, Dex. Dex has said, like. "Can you come up with the best best? Yeah, Jack's twin. Can you come up with the best eleven of Newcastle players to play at the World Cup?" So, I know Craig, you've been. Uh, busy with your Black Fridays at work and stuff like that. So you haven't you haven't had much time to do it, Lee. I know you've been eating fish and chips and yep. drinking and spilling your drinks and cleaning them up. So you haven't had much time to uh, yep. wrangle anything together. So I thought I'll take one for the team. I'll bend over and take one for the team today. So I've done a bit of research uh, and this is what I come up with. So I'll just chuck it up on the screen now for um, – our listener watchers, sorry, and then I'll read it out for our listeners. So originally I was going to go for a players who have been at Newcastle and gone to a World Cup, like a, a current Newcastle player, and then it was really, really hard. And I didn't think I was going to have enough to fill a team. Or if I did, it was going to be really, really shit. So I just changed it to players who have played at Newcastle and gone to a World Cup. So I start off with Shay uh, Shea Given in goal. Uh right back. I've got uh, Kieran Trippier, Colaccini, Shah and big Daryl Janmatt at left back. Um, it was really hard. There was very, very few left backs that have played at Newcastle and gone to play at a World <laughs> Cup. So Yamat was, yeah, was probably the Paul best Dummett. of the bad bunch. He hasn't gone to a World Cup. So.
1: No, oh, that's why it was a shite. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that sort of ruled that out. I had... More of a Rob Lee in a central central midfield role and then a sort of attacking midfield three of Kieran Dyer, Paul Gascoigne, and Giannis Gutierrez. And that left uh, Peter Beardsley and Alan Shearer up front. I was gonna put Wilson on just to razz you up Lee, but I thought I'd better not because <laughs> I, I can't I can't, I can't be bothered. I cannot really. not
1: believe you've got Jonas Gutierrez in though. Well it was shift, never mind the world.
0: <laughs> well, it was the same as the left back. There was very, very few left-sided wingers that had actually you put played for left us. back. Well, that's right back. Same thing. No, it's the same thing, is it? Right? Yeah. Jonas? Yeah. Um, no, I don't know about that. Like, I was, so was
1: Chrissy Waddle or someone like that.
0: I nah. was actually. I was going to put the French flyer Florian Torvin in because he oh, played for both. But it's worse. he actually was. He was an all right player. When he wasn't at Newcastle, he got better when he left. So, um, hmm. yeah. So there you go, Dex. That is that is the uh, the list, and it was bloody hard, and it was very slim pickings apart from probably three or four players, or probably five People players would get pick- in there. He never played at the World Cup though. So, ah, did he not? Jesus, no. was
1: shit, wasn't he? Fucking sick not.
0: Yeah. So when you – I found a website that actually you could find any player that had come up who played at a world cup so and how many appearances they made so bruno bruno didn't make the squad because he actually hasn't played at a world cup yet so he was ineligible as well i would have loved love to have put him in and made him captain probably as well because i'm in love with him but um <laughs> yeah he, unfortunately he couldn't he couldn't make the cut so if anyone thinks they can whip up a better team than that more than happy chuck it on our twitter page and we'll post <laughs> it and We'll um we'll debate it and stuff like that. Now we've got a couple of off Twitter. Uh, this is from Falcos twenty twelve. What is the origin story of the Two Under podcast YouTube channel, Lee? I think you've got it pretty much nailed down, haven't you?
1: Oh yeah. Well, look, we were um we were all together in the theatre watching uh watching some play, or I forget what it was now, and um we went out to the back uh, streets with our parents just to head to our uh, Rolls Royce. And, uh, this guy came along and tried to steal our mom's pearls. No oh, wait, That's Batman. Uh, well, basically we were just, um, fucking thoroughly depressed with Newcastle, weren't we? And, uh, busy talking to each other. We sort of just co- coalesced at some point on online and just started like whinging about Newcastle. And, and then the takeover happened and we were like, Holy shit. So we started talking a bit more and, um, and then someone had a bright idea. I'm not even sure who it was. Uh, might have been jack might have been uh someone else bobby, I decided think. that was it. bobby was it all right well w- bobby let's say it decided that we should have a little group uh on whatsapp to to talk about newcastle and kind of get excited amongst ourselves and then and then either bobby or someone else said why don't we do a podcast because you know we're so brilliant that everyone would like to hear our thoughts and we were all like yeah yeah well that sounds like a good idea well, okay. who, who's gonna <laughs> who's gonna argue against that pearl of wisdom and um and then uh, Keegs came along. We did a, a January signing. I think was it January that you joined us, Keegs? I can't remember that summer. anyway. Nah, was- nah, no, summer. No, summer. Yeah. Oh, it was close season signing. There you go. So we yeah. uh, we're on top of our list. Uh made a signing, so brought him in. Uh, stick him on the subs bench to start with, but yeah, he's doing all right nowadays. And that's it. Really, really we just kept too. on going. Um, there's so much excitement and joy around Newcastle, man. That you know, all of us who are on this podcast, yeah. we've been under the under the cosh for so long, man. We've been so annoyed with how everything's been going. It's been getting gradually and gradually worse. And then suddenly the, the lid comes off the pressure cougar and suddenly it's like this other world, as we've just talked about at the top of this uh, podcast. Different different scenario altogether. And, um, and we just kept on going and, until someone tells us to stop, you know, like the law, or maybe Musk will have us banned or something on Twitter and that will really stuff us up. Uh, we'll just keep on going, you know, and uh, hopefully we'll um, get better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we can't get much worse, surely. Boy, no. Surely we can't. Look, we've got, what, just over 12 months? Oh, you guys have been gone for just over 12 months anyway, and Craig still forgets to turn his mic on at the start of life podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the only way is up, really. Um, we'll move on to our next one, uh, NUFC fan 1892 on Twitter as well. Should we be worried if the FA come calling for how if England fail to win the World Cup? Craig, should we be worried? No.
3: Absolutely not. I think I was already said in uh, post or pre-match uh, interviews that the England job isn't for him. He wants a more full-time role. Uh, mm. Not something he's looking at now, but who knows what the future holds. Um, I don't think he'd be uh, a long-term manager for Newcastle, i.e. eight to ten years, that type of long-term. Um, so maybe the England job sometime after that he's been with us, but not during, I think he's with us. For uh, uh, the foreseeable, and yeah, I think the FA can then go get fucked if they think they can come and <laughs> knock on our door and take uh, Eddie from us. They can get lost. He's ours, and he's not going that's anywhere.
0: Bit... Get off I'm the. Fence. That's a bit right. That's a bit right for a Sunday morning for our UK fans. Just dropping a big <laughs> f bomb in there. I'm just that's telling really. the truth, you know. Real. would <laughs> be right. Oh, no
1: wonder you're wearing that lipstick.
0: So, <laughs> so <laughs> sorry for the kids who are listening, Uncle Craig's just gone a bit ripe on a Sunday night here in Australia. a yeah, yeah.
1: bit of blue for the dads. Um,
0: yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've we've just got a question here on the uh, live chat from. Alice Can I answer Stapleton. this question? Gonna... Yeah.
1: Can I answer this one before you move on?
0: Oh yes, absolutely. Don't you, like if you don't if you don't mind. I'd like
1: to take a shot at this one. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we should be worried. Yes, I mean we should always be worried if, um, I someone else comes in, even if it's someone that we think is below us we should always be concerned that there's a chance that his head might be turned um is it realistic that his head will be turned right now not really not at all um as craig said he's he's came out and he's, he's said as much but you wouldn't really expect him to answer that question any other way though would you you wouldn't expect him to say oh hi. um i mean you know it's not sam Allardyce. He's not going, "Oh, hi. uh you know i wouldn't mind that happening like england if Woodman come to say hello to me and give us your job, that'd be great. Like, he's not going to do that on the sky broadcast after a victory. He's going to be like, nah, nah. but I, I actually genuinely don't think he would leave this, uh, particular project right now. It's, it's in its infancy. He, um, he's the, the bellwether. He's, he's the one who's really, you know, he's really tying everything together. He's like a rug in the room. He's really sort of tying that room together. bit of Lebowski uh, reference there. Um, He's the he's the captain of the ship. I'm trying to think of any more metaphors I've got in my mind. He uh, He's the mouse under the hat pulling the moustache and the hair to make yourself a wonderful pasta. Oh, that was shit, that one. Anyway, no, look, he's, there's there's little chance that he'll go anytime soon, but football is one of those things where uh, as good as things are right now, at some point it will turn, and it could turn very, very quickly. I mean, for all we know, it could go to dog shit straight after the World Cup. You know, people's heads might have dropped because the country didn't do so well might come back in the wrong frame of mind there's only so much you can do with people sometimes uh the, the results could go absolutely shit um i'm saying this for dicks because that's probably what he's thinking and you know come the end of the season we've we've lost all momentum we've dropped out the top 10 uh, all that talk of being you know fixtures in the top four six has gone out the window and once, once the fans start barking and you get all the kind of negative press, who knows? Who knows if, if the FA chose to come in at that point and say, look, suck this off, mate. Come to the FA where it's cushy number and you, you, know, you, you only have to work four days a week or four days a year, rather, I should say, um, and get paid the same amount of money. Why not? So right now, no. But I think at some point, it's going to be a reality that we do have to be worried about this sort of thing. And if it's not the FA, it might be another big team.
2: Well, we'll yeah, really, I I mean, if,
1: if if Potter can go to Chelsea, then you have to think that another team of that sort of stature in potentially the same sort of dire situation could turn to someone like Howe and say, look, he did a great job at Newcastle with all that money. Why don't you come over here and have a shot? You know? Um, maybe Arsenal. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I think I think at this stage, I don't think we should be worried at all. I think if if he wasn't in a job, I think it might be something that would appeal to him. But at the moment, like it's the same with I was not every player, but every staff member. Like, why would you leave? Like there is absolutely no reason to leave. Like you're gonna have everything you could ever dream of at Newcastle United for the next oh, foreseeable future anyway. Like the only the only people I could see who would want to leave are players who aren't who aren't playing pretty much and they wanna although the the place might be great and the money might be great, they just wanna actually play and and get on the pitch and, and play the sport they love and what they're good at. So I think yeah, I don't think anyone would want to leave if they had a Tell choice what, at the moment.
3: What is absolutely mental as well, this time last year, uh Howard maybe manage what two, three games, and everyone was all saying he's going to get Newcastle relegated, he's not good enough for a premiership squad, he's a prem- he's a relegation specialist because he got a Bournemouth relegated, and now there's talks of him becoming England manager. The difference a year can make for anybody in uh, this game is absolutely unreal. And um, those who doubted him at the beginning need to uh, give their heads a bit of a wobble because he is one of the best English managers, if not the best English manager, that is around and has been for some time now.
0: Yeah. So, mm. yeah, I
3: don't
1: know. There's think no it's reason to happen. think he was going to be good. He'd been out the game for a year. He hadn't. Yeah, he had take he had taken Bournemouth down. I mean, everyone says that, but they obviously largely ignore the fact he took them all the way up from like Doldrums of anywhere, and anywhere yeah. to the Premier League in the first place and kept them up there for so long. But you know, people have short memories. Uh, nobody was calling Freddie Howe by and large to take the Newcastle job. I mean, I did. I've got a tweet, tweet, a tweet. I've got a tweet from twenty twenty saying like we need to get him in. Yeah. Um, although that was admittedly because I was so sick to the back teeth of Steve fucking Bruce, but I did want, I did want Andy Howe in cause I could see him going to somewhere like a West Ham and doing really well. And I thought, you know, at that point we were kind of at the same sort of level of, of West Ham. I'd say we're sort of fractionally above him right now, but, um, I could see the potential for him, um, back then. And I didn't want to see him anywhere else. But the fact is yeah. though, man, the people, people's memories are short. People will turn as soon as the results turn. Guarantee it. So, you know, don't rest on your levels with this guy. Like, enjoy it while
0: you can. Enjoy it while you can. Enjoy yeah, enjoy the absolutely the renaissance. Enjoy the good times because we've put up with enough bad ones to oh, last a lifetime. Jeez. Um, we've just got one in the comments. We've just got one in the comments here as well from L. uh Stapleton regarding the big Garansky. He just wants to know what are the requirements for the Weezer work permit. Weezer, uh, the visa work permit. Visa? <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, it's a sensible question. Yeah, well, if you're going to keep sending sensible questions, we might have to ban you from the channel. Um, anyway, but <laughs> for the for the work permit, um, it's it's the the short answer is it's complicated. It, there's a whole there's all these new tables and and formats that they've made up. I think since Brexit come in regarding players coming in from overseas, like a lot of the big name ones are fine because of where they are, but for someone like Garang and his, his age and his appearances and stuff like that, things start getting a little bit more tricky. Uh, he has, I think he's featured in nearly, oh, not every Central Coast game this year because he had a bit of time with the under 20s. I think the Australian under 20s for a maybe an Asian Cup qualifiers or, or something like that. So he did miss a couple of games during the season. But um, apart from that, he's played every game. And I definitely know that playing for the national team against New Zealand uh, for like a, I think it was like a World Cup um, send off. I guess that that definitely helped um, getting picked for the World Cup and playing playing in the World Cup. That definitely helped as well. So I, I still think the plan is for him to be loaned out somewhere in Europe uh, in January. Um, that's I don't think that's changed and and stuff like that. But I think I definitely think his work permit is going to be a lot easier than what it might have been six months ago i guess so like i'm not exactly sure of the how the whole tables and the system and the format and how it works but i, I do know that um it will be it will be granted i guess is the right word but we've, we've just got to wait and see when when that happens but i think yeah they've already got plans in place for him in january yeah, to uh, they might they might bring him in for a couple of weeks just to get a look at him firsthand and then ship him off somewhere before the end of the month.
1: I mean, it's not going to hurt his it's chances all at all.
3: You can let him in. <laughs>
0: on, That's a
1: try. <laughs> it's not going to hurt his chances at all playing in the World Cup, is it? It's going to obviously improve nah. his uh, prospect of getting a visa. Here's the question, though: If he can get in with a work permit, um, do you think we'd be looking at bringing him in as a first teamer, first team squad, let's say? Um, or would he still be part of the development team? Maybe initially, perhaps. Um, how do you? Let's assume that he can get in without a work permit. And this whole technicality of sending him off to Portugal as a workaround didn't didn't have to be the thing, right? So let's just say that. Yeah. Because it's been at the World Cup, they go right. Fair enough. Look, you. are Obviously, an international. Um, that's good enough. Tick in the box. Um, yeah. How How are you in? Uh, what do you th- What do you reckon Newcastle will be looking at him, and, and what would you think they'll be doing with him initially? Do you think we're starting no, right I- in the squad?
0: No, nah, no, nah, I still think he's he's so raw. Like his potentials. We spoke with Craig um, earlier when the, all this was sort of breaking and developing. Um, Craig Carley, who was his his coach here in Sheppard Victoria guy. before yeah. he moved. Yeah, Shepard guy. Um, Top look. That's a great listen. Great listen too. If if anyone hasn't listened or watched that, I yeah really encourage you to give it a listen because he's really really good and gives some great insights into uh, Garang and him as a player and as a person, family man, and all that. It's really really good. But um. Yeah, he he's just so raw but he he can be anything so I think like I think he will get loaned out like maybe maybe if he gets a work permit they might loan him out to an English club just to sort of get acclimatized to the country and and stuff like that so he's not sort of flying in and then flying out to another country that doesn't sort of work for it. not don't, not work for him but I imagine it'd be pretty hard for a, a young Australian kid to go loaned out to a maybe a country like Portugal where English isn't the first language and he's just trying to find himself as a as a person and as a professional player overseas as well, I think it'd be better if he actually – I think the ideal situation is he either gets loaned out to a championship club or a, or a League One club, stays, stays in the country and can develop and sort of get his bearings. And then he maybe yeah. for a couple of weeks, like I said, a couple of weeks in January the club can get a look at him sort Of give him a bit of an assessment of training and see where he sort of fits in amongst all the other players and stuff like that, and then bring him back in in the summer and give him a it'd full season. yeah, and then it'd see be good, where It'd things be good land. to see
1: him in the championship or the league one, do like an Elliot Anderson sort of approach. And um, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, that's sort of how thing he deals I was thinking with of. because it's a, it's, a, it's a different game down there, it's very physical, it's very rough. There's a lot of obviously a lot of kickers down there. A lot of farmers, um, um, with all due respect, but it's a different kind of game, and, and that would kind of make him as a man, perhaps. And, and uh, but they haven't said about the English thing, mate. He's Australian; he can barely speak the language as it is. So he <laughs> no, he's good. Big deal.
0: No, no, he's he's good. I I um watched the uh, the A League. It was a joke, mate. It, was a joke. Am... Craig got it You didn't get it. No, yeah, he's no.
3: Australians he's... better than yours, Keegan man. How are? <laughs>
0: That's oh, it's a low bar <laughs> not really not, yeah, the it's trenches not a in, good trenches. it's not a it's not a good a good achievement saying you can speak better than me oh. god <laughs> but uh'll uh, we'll just take a couple more before we we jog off uh milk, big mouth t- <laughs> debut um debut. it's actually funny in um just on debut made me think of a funny story when we go over on holidays and we stay in Ashington. They've got a bar called the uh, the Premier Bar, but I called it the Premier because that's that's how we say. Like, Premier. if you win, mm-hmm. if you won the win the grand final, like, oh, where are you going? Oh, we're gonna go down to the Premier for a couple. And they're like, the what? We're like, really? oh, the, the Premier, yeah. And they're like, no, no, the Premier. So well, I was, that's how like, I was oh. the
1: Premier. Oh, they yeah, bit of no. French on it, did they? Premier,
0: Premier yeah. Oh I'm like, oh, okay. Which are buggy
1: farmers, a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> no,
0: this was a... This was in Ashington, not, not here. Yeah, I no, anyway, anyway. They're not farmers in <laughs> Ashington, they're hard working coal miners. So I'll go anyway, the
3: herbs up that way. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah, well, we'll take a couple more if you're watching. Flick a flick a question through. We've got one from Malk. Melk Thompson here. Where will we finish? Oh God, Craig, <clears throat> Craig, keep it, keep it. Well, I don't I to need.
3: Leave our first on this one. Um, I reckon.
0: I don't need. <laughs> um... I don't need an explanation. I don't need a blow by blow, wins and <laughs> losses. I just I need a number. Fifth. Fifth.
1: All right. I right. uh, go. I mean, Lee, um... see,
0: I told you I can't speak. Bastard. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm here to raise up the handsome quarter, and you fucking call me a you cheeky bastard! <laughs> um, oh yeah, I would go. Uh, no, I would go probably first.
0: Yes, <laughs> fuck it. Right, first. Why not? You didn't want an explanation. For there you the... go. First, Stick a bit pipe. Aim for the aim for the stars, land on a cloud. That's it. what should we should be here. Um, what's your guess? All right. Me, I'm I'll go fifth.
2: That's what I Craig think. said. good
0: answer. Yeah. Copycat. Fuck. I didn't want to dye my hair, so I just agree with Craig. I can't believe call me Craig. <laughs> you, you, like, <laughs> you
3: know thing? what? Dimmy always finds out what everybody else is doing in terms of the predictions and then just randomly oh, copies oh, somebody else and claims he gets it right. He's always the last <laughs> to give his prediction whenever we do these things on a, a weekend. And he always seems to do the same as everybody else. And I think you're taking the leaf out of his book, man, mate. come up with your own original idea for a change. Eh? I, I'm glad you're well, all starting to
1: see the bullshit that comes out of Dimmy's mouth. Like I'm glad I'm the, I'm the frigging, I'm the flag bearer on this one. Like, and he won't have it. And he's done his spreadsheets, which just basically got him into shit. Oh, look, here he is. Uh, <laughs> Dimmy, you fucking full of shit, <laughs> man. Um, if you're any good as you thought you were, mate, you would have seen this coming. Um, yeah, <laughs> so uh, no, it's full of shit, man. Honestly, Um I reckon first stop it, fix. All right, can't
0: <laughs> Yeah, I um. Yeah, i actually realised everyone's in our sort of group. We've commented how Bobby's had the best strike rate this year, and I've pretty much copied Bobby on every prediction, so I should get some <laughs> credit as well. Well, Bobby just comes third. So... Oh, we're on a train, are we? Yeah, okay, sweet. Yeah, that's all good. Yeah. Oh, it's a freaking human centre thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go, Nostra Dimi. Rico's got you. Yeah. He's got your back, Dimi. demi <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> Dimi's got fans. Marcus, Marcus always shouting out Dimi. Um, yeah, Marcus, all history. right, it
3: <clears throat> If uh, if you send Dimmy uh, uh, a DM on Twitter, you'll send your a signed nude photo of him in the post. Um, he's done that for a few people right now. Just tell him what pause you want.
1: Hey, it's a gem, man. So, that's a solid. Yeah, that's a solid picture.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and send him your text phone anyway. number and he'll sort you out as well. Anyway, um, anyone got anything else before we uh, we wrap this one up? No,
1: no just, uh, um, just still no, nil, nil, Japan. Japan's won't the
3: World Cup. Now, prediction is Argentina. I've said that since the beginning. <laughs> I know they've been playing dog shit so far, but I just think they'll step it up if they get through uh, the group stage. And I think it would just be poetic justice Messi winning the World Cup on his thousandth career game, uh, rubbing it into Ronaldo, who is just a shadow of, he- of the former player he once is. And it'll just make Messi the GOAT by far. Um, no one will get close maybe wins the World Cup. And the decision yeah, between yeah. who is the best between Messi and
0: Ronaldo will be late to bed. In my opinion. Yeah, look, Craig, I, I don't think it's good to rag on Ronaldo because he'll be with us in January. So it's not good to <laughs> good <laughs> up, it's not it, it's not good to it's not good to rag on our, our future players, mate. So just be careful with uh, what you say. Lee, you got anything? Nah, look, to, um, uh, I don't give a shit to about those in. two, I'll
1: be honest with you. Um, I couldn't give a shit about those two. Um predictions for the rest of the World Cup. I think probably um I think Brazil are gonna win it. Um I yes, do hope that our players do not uh play too much. Well, I haven't said that, mind you. Maybe France. Uh Brazil weren't all that convincing. Um and France only played Australia like, but uh yeah, I don't know. I think probably one between France or um Brazil probably argentina looked absolutely terrible so i don't have any confidence yeah, that they'll do too that. well and i'm not gonna lose any sleep over it if they don't couldn't give a shit about argentina um that cheating dwarf that robbed us of that 1984 um i can't remember if it was the final semi-final i think it was the semi final. um you can burn in hell little shit bag um <laughs> fucking madonna piss off these shit bras Fucking rubbish. Um <laughs> no, nah, so I think I think Brazil or France will win it. England will probably go out in the quarters. Um and yeah, and then hopefully they can all all the guys can go back apart from perhaps Bruno and um get ready for the second half of the season. We have to hit the, the ground running. We um we need to be Bournemouth. I know that's a League Cup game, but we can't lose that game and then change our mentality going into league cups we need uh, into league games we have to keep this winning mentality going at all costs across all competitions uh and i think if we can do that into the arsenal game we'll have a really really good chance just through belief as much as anything else that we can we can take them on um and uh and if we do that we are definitely um definitely in the mix for for winning the league which is <laughs> mental when you're absolutely <laughs> mental when I'm sitting here listening i am saying something you know, and a on drugs. I can of believe it. I can't believe it, uh, but that's you can't deny. It. If we beat Arsenal top of the table and we haven't been beaten by anybody apart from Liverpool and the referee, then what else are you going to? What it was to class us? As? Yes, it comes early. Yes, it would be better if it was when we were stronger and just a deeper squad depth. But look, if it happens, it bloody happens, and we are on the right tracks right now.
0: All right, we'll definitely oh, yeah, we'll dive into the, um, the squad situation, I think, next week. There's a, there's a few things that we could really talk yep. about that I think need, need to be talked about going forward. But um, for what it's worth, I think the Socceroos are going to win the whole thing. We're going to walk the table and Pissed bring it home. So that'll be great. We'll have a parade down in Fed Square again where, if you're on Twitter, definitely have a look at the scenes in Fed Square last night when we turned over the mighty Tunisia as well. So yeah, I think we're gonna we'll walk the table and it'll come home where it where it rightly belongs. So um yeah, that's just about it. Uh just one more shout out. Like I said, guys, if you're looking to any uh financial stuff, hit up Dimmy at uh, Belmont Accountants. He'll, um, he'll don't believe the way. numbers, don't don't believe the numbers.
1: <laughs> I've seen his spreadsheets, they're full of shit. Full of <laughs> shit.
0: Don't believe it. So, Gun straight to jail. There you go, there you go. If if you need your numbers. To be full of shit and fudged, he's definitely the bloke to go and see. So <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it. definitely, definitely Google uh Belmont Accountants and, and Dimmy will look after all your money. And even if it's not right, he'll make it right. And when it comes to money, I don't think you could you could ask for any more than that. So I think we'll um we'll end it there, guys. So thanks. Good, thanks though. for joining us. Uh yeah, it's Being good uh we'll be back i guess next week like i said we might touch on the squad in january and what squad what we think we need to do going forward and whether we'll uh let it rip in january or we'll just sort of keep keep sort of sweet with where we are and just sort of build on that so yeah that's about it craig thank you very much my friend thank you very much Lee, oh, thank yeah, you for your time. Well, Hopefully, cheers, cheers, gigs. Yeah, yeah, I forgot my name was Craig. Craig. Craig version, Craig version two. <laughs> thanks for that. I mean, your uh, your beer hasn't stained original, and wrecked mate. your charges and your, your are uh your watching news, all your man. other electronics. Hopefully, that hasn't wrecked them lights on the bridge behind you as well, man. So, um, yeah, all right. Sorry. Thanks everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week.
1: Cheers, guys. Thanks everyone for comments.
0: <laughs>